Hey there traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading and only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Tell me what this is. Tell me what's going on with this. The fact that I can actually consult with the person who made this is kind of blowing my mind right now. So when the one line crosses above the other, that would potentially be your signal for going long or short. This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we have a special lesson for you. I'm putting it here on the podcast because I really believe that this is going to provide you massive, massive value. And that's what I'm trying to do here. And hey, listen, if this podcast was useful to you at all, I really highly suggest that you go check out the full trading course at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com. Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Today, I'm really excited. This is a special guest that we have on the line today, Etienne Paul Bote. He is the creator of a technical indicator called the Vortex Indicator. And I am so excited about this. Um, Etienne found my YouTube video on uh, the Vortex Indicator, left a comment saying, hey, I'm the creator of this. And I'm like, what? No freaking way. Like that, that's not possible. All these esoteric things were not created by real humans that we can actually talk to, <laughs> but it's true. And Etienne, I am so excited to have you on the line today. Thank you very much for having me, Christopher. Lovely so, to be here. So I got to ask. All right. So, so I have a million questions running on through my head, but first let's get started back at the beginning. How did you get involved with trading. I'm sure there's somewhere somewhere along the way that you were like, trading could be something here for me. Absolutely, Christopher. It's, I think it's like everybody, you know, when you go to a, through a certain age, um, you start to look at um, ways to make a lot of money. You know, when you are still young, that's the big attraction, you know. And so sort of in the 90s, um, a friend of mine and myself, we started to look around how we could embark on this um, the two of us actually took a a stock a stock trading training program that was sort of 50 percent about fundamental analysis and the other 50 percent about technical analysis and I was uh, very intrigued straight from the word go about technical analysis because I was intrigued by the idea that you don't have to do the fundamental analysis you could literally ride on the tail fins of many many other smart people who's already done the fundamental analysis, and thereby simply all of that gets translated into certain chart patterns that gets translated into technical indicators. And I really got really into that. And the nice thing about this trading program was they would not simply just give you the tools. And I, and I think a lot of what is happening today is that traders simply get the tools on their trading platform without really knowing how it is made up, what, what does it really mean? You know, and I always ask that question. It's no use to use an indicator. You've got to understand why is it working the way it does. 
And so we got involved, uh, my friend and I, we started the trading operation, initially trading uh, in South Africa on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange uh, South African bonds, because at the time that was the most liquid instrument to trade. And after a couple of years, we evolved into, and we moved into uh, foreign exchange, because again, in technical analysis, if you could trade the most liquid possible instrument, as you know, that is the most reliable thing then to apply a system to. So during this time, um, my responsibility was to try and find this particular trading approach or a trading system using known indicators. And as I even said to Jake uh, as well, that, you know, similar to a lot of other traders as well, you know, if there are trading mistakes one could make, we've made every single one of them as well. And that's <laughs> yeah. good. And, you know, uh, Christopher, I think that's good for any trader to have gone through that hard road. And it's, it's quite amazing. Only when you, when you read the books about trading afterwards, you recognize yourself in every single one they're describing there. So that was the evolution where it started. And I became really fascinated by a gentleman by the name of Wells Wilder, which you know is the inventor of the directional movement indicator, the RSI, the ADX, and so forth. And um, initially in South Africa, I bought a whole lot of technical analysis books and really got into it. But um, a few years later, in about 2004, as I was, and as I said before to people, I was never looking to discover my own indicator. It literally happened by accident when I was um, going through a period where I was, look, I was reading a book about something very esoteric about uh, energy developing devices. And there was this one guy called, uh, it was an Austrian forester who did a lot of developments and inventions simply by looking at nature, at the way that water flows in a river, for example. And I made that sort of connection, you know, potentially a market could be like a river flowing through the market. And I then came up with this idea of the vortex indicator. And when I discovered it, I thought initially, this is actually so simple. I'm pretty sure it must be out there already. Somebody would have seen this before. And it turns out that nobody did. And I then developed a whole system around that and did a lot of research. And in 2010, I published it in Stocks and Commodities, you know, the magazine. Mm -hmm. That was the way to get something out there into the market. And the reason why I wanted to share it with the rest of the world is it's a way for us to have promoted ourselves and our currency fund as well. Um, so it was really for professional credibility. And it took on a life of its own. I've done no marketing for it. I didn't go out there and tell people about it. It literally just took on a, a life of its own. Um, and ever since then, of course, I've discovered some major, major breakthroughs, um, new breakthroughs with not to share, but um, I've recently decided with my colleague, uh, Victoria Roberts, and I've teamed up with her. She's got a company called Alpha Elite to potentially offer for investors a subscription-based service for international stocks, but I'll potentially tell you about that a bit later. Well, that's that's really cool. I like I like to hear the backstory that that people bring to the table because everybody's story is unique, and so so you were you were playing around with I, I assume just copious amounts of data, and then you figured out the indicator part of it. Like you were saying, it was so simple to you that surely someone else had been out there. What was it that you started to pick up on this pattern or this this recognition of something? 
uh, something was going on. Like something caught your eye. What was that? Do you know, I think it was exactly what I mentioned before that I, being a keen fly fisherman myself, I spend a lot of time on rivers. And I, a lot of people who invent stuff usually get their inspiration from a completely unrelated field. And this is similar to what has happened to me. But the, the, it was really the combination of that idea with Wells Wilder's idea of looking at the relationship between consecutive high-low closed bars. I've realized that if you're going to find the most accurate trend indicator, it has to be measuring the actual relationship between bars. And as you know, Wells Wilder's ADX looks at wherever a certain bar is above a certain, he would, he would measure that distance. Uh, that was his way of then combining, let's say, 14 periods, whatever your parameter may be, is then to combine that to create an indicator. And I've used the same sort of template as he's, he's did originally. And immediately it made sense to me straight away that I could see that if a market is, is extending in a certain region, in a, in a certain direction, i.e. in a bullish direction, there's got to be a strong pull from the low to the high, from the low to the high, to the low to the high. And if you could represent that on two lines, um, it definitely gives you a picture. And exactly like Wells Wilder's original uh, indicator, it gives you this very beautiful visual indication of either a market going up or a market going down. I subsequently discovered many things that I didn't intend to be part of the indicator that um, it gives less false signals compared to most other indicators. Um, it tends to, now some, my initial thought was, well, the reason why it's doing that is because it's probably lagging the market, but that was not the case. It actually seemed to often give a signal much earlier but it does, doesn't give you that sort of messing around high, sort of long, short, long, short before it gives you the actual, actual signal. Mm -hmm. so, um, so that's really where it, where it came from, Christopher. So when you were looking at this, were you looking at stock charts or were you looking at the stock uh, like data in a, uh, like an Excel or something like that? Yes, it's very much Excel based. This was long before the time of Python coding. So. Yeah, you can see me smile because I'm, I'm a numbers guy as it comes to it, right? Like charts... Charts are wonderful. They give you a lot of information, but like I could not draw a trend line or a head and shoulders or anything like pennant flags or something yeah. to save my life. <laughs> I am a numbers based guy. So when you said that, I was like, okay, we're on the same level here. I get it. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, even when I meet people who would write me uh, a letter or something or email to say, they've discovered something unique or different about, you know, a development of the indicator, I would of course be quite excited because that was the intention of sharing it. And some of them would be using some very, very complicated code. And I say to them, look, do you mind just putting that in Excel for me? Because that's the language I understand, right? But um, Christopher, on this particular topic, um, what I fear sometimes is happening now that we talk about data, I've noticed a lot of traders these days are doing and discovering trading strategies by simply doing data mining, mm -hmm. meaning they have an idea of an indicator or a combination of indicators or a chart pattern that instead of actually interrogating the pattern to decide or to figure out why this pattern is working, I found that a lot of youngsters, well, I say youngsters, you know what I mean. A lot of youngsters are very code proficient. They know how to code, et cetera they would um, simply run a lot of simulations. They would run a lot of coding uh, potential 
outcomes for a certain trading strategy. And I fear that's maybe not the correct way of going about it because you could be curfeting or yeah. you could find, you know what I mean? So I always I, say- I do know what you mean. I. So I'm an avid reader. Actually, one of my one of my goals this year for 2021 is to read 100 books, um, uh, 50 nonfiction and 50 fiction. And I'm actually like on track, which is fun to, to brag about. And, cool. uh, you know, I'll go through different topics and things. Right. But right now I'm going through I'm purchasing new um, like trading books like uh the market wizard books like um covell's michael covell's trend following books funny story i actually had read the 2004 version this year and then about a week after i finished it i found out that he had a 2016 fifth edition and i was like well i'll have to read it again so i read it again <laughs> yes but yes. yeah the, people people the the idea of we've got this data let's let's make it perfect right and so they'll over overfit the data they'll overfit the curve they'll over optimize and like the, there's a difference between optimization and robustness right so let's say keeping it simple here i i use a lot of just moving average trend lines right if it's following a trend line i'll follow that too and um some people may say it it only works on the nine day exponential moving average but it doesn't work if you go on the eight day or the ten day and my thought is then it doesn't work <laughs> because like if, if you're, you're basically proving your point here that if, if it doesn't work in a, basically a range, cause, cause no stock is ever going to perform in the future as it did in the past. I mean, the market participants have changed the price today has changed, et cetera. But if you can find something that's robust, that works in a myriad of situa situations it may not be perfect, but it works really well then you're on the right track. And it sounds like that was your mentality when you were working on the Vortex Indicator, am I right? Absolutely correct. I've always said this to people asking for advice that um, curfeting is in fact the, the biggest crime that you can commit to yourself is that if you've discovered a system or an approach to the market and you have to somehow curfeit to make it work on a certain parameter or it seems to be only working on 13 period on dailies, but it doesn't work on any other parameter, you probably are in danger of not having a solution. But at the same time, I've got nothing against optimization. So in other words, if people have discovered something and it is working on different parameters, different time frames, but it's definitely working better on a specific time frame and a specific parameter, no problems with that. Because then you are optimizing for the character of that particular market. It could be corn versus, for example, crude oil, that the one parameter works better on corn than crude oil. So each market has its own personality. But if you find that it doesn't work on um, you know, 80% of the other instruments, then you've got a problem. Yeah, absolutely. So, so going back to the way that I trade, what I generally do, like I say, I try and keep it really simple. I'll look at the 10-day, the 15-day, and the 20-day exponential moving averages. And I run the back test in TrendSpider. As you and I both know, TrendSpider is so robust and is so cool that we can do that. I mean, really, the fact that we can do that is amazing, right? It used to take like IBM mainframes to be able to run the kind of back tests that we can do in seconds on here. So I'm a huge advocate for TrendSpider. But I'll, I'll try and find between the 10, the 15, and the 20, which produces the highest uh, back to results. And the, occasionally I'll find some that all of them are negative. And I'm like, well, not trading that stock. <laughs> Moving on. But uh, like, I'll just, it's the same, it's the same idea, right? If it's above or below, 
that trend line, that that back test the trend line, if it's above or below, and then I'm just tweaking it to say, does it work better on the 10, does it work better on 15, or work better on the 20? And then that's just what it's going to be. And then once a quarter, I'll go through my watch list and just, you know, check those, make sure they're still up to date, make sure they they make sense. And sometimes, you know, you'll find that when it used to work on a 10, doesn't work on a 10 anymore, and it may be the 15 or, or whatever. So, you know, trading is all about being flexible, right? Understanding that today's data is the most accurate data you're going to get, but it can never predict the future. And so, so yeah, sorry, enough about me. I want to learn more about how you came up with the Vortex Indicator because the Vortex Indicator, I, in fact, let me do this, Etienne. I promised I wouldn't do, do much screen sharing, but I'm going to real quick because I really want to show the audience. Okay, so this is Tesla. This is my, my moving averages that I got stacked on here. And below, you were talking about earlier, is RSI. So we want to add the Vortex Indicator. So we can just come up here and just type in Vortex. And it should go to the bottom. Okay, so I've not put in any parameters for this. This is just the basic Vortex Indicator. So Etienne, tell me, tell me what this is. Tell me what's going on with this. The fact that I can actually consult with the person who made this is kind of blowing my mind right now. <laughs> sure thing, sure thing. All right, so... Um, the, the whole plan with the Vortex Indicator, and, and I think the reason why it's taken off so well is because it's very visual. You basically have two lines, what I call the Vortex Plus and the Vortex Minus, two lines intersecting each other. So when the one line crosses above the other, that would potentially be your signal for going long or short. Okay, so whenever, for example, you have a situation where the market um, where the vortex indicator, and you can see it is represented in this case with your blue line is the vortex plus okay. and the red is vortex minus. So you can see in that bull run at the beginning of your chart, you can clearly see the blue line remaining comfortably above the red line until run about February. You can see there was a change in the market where it crossed below, which effectively is signaling that the market is potentially going to go short. Okay. Now, one of the ways that you can filter out, because that effectively is a false signal, right? Um, if I may ask, what parameter did you choose? Oh, it's 14. That's perfect. So one of the ways that you could potentially filter out some of these false signals, because this is what Wells Wilder, even with his ADX or DMI, recognized that you can never get it perfect. There will always be false signals. So you can see that false signals for that short in February the way that one could easily filter that out, you can see it's literally on that bar, the next bar, that's correct, mm -hmm. is instead of going short at the close there, is to leave an order in the market to go short at the bottom, so at the low of that market. So yeah. right here? Yes, absolutely okay. correct. So you can see that at the end of that day, you leave an order, a market order for your actual broker to go short when it goes below that. Now, what you can see there, it didn't cross that. So you didn't go short there. So even though the vortex indicator gave you the signal, you can see almost the very next day it crossed back to going long again. Mm -hmm. So that's how you can refine. And even uh, Wells Wilder had this particular idea to filter out potential false signals. Um, and then thereafter, obviously, you have a situation where it first went long again after that. So this is actually really a good example because you can see on the next bar there, it not it, it sort of not just crossed, but 
you can see on the day thereafter, you see that the the high there wasn't broken again in the couple of days thereafter, right. unless it was on that last bar, I can't quite see. But therefore, even saving you potentially a false signal there. And then eventually the solid short signal, you can see when the market then went, when the line, the red line went above the blue line. If you leave your order there at the bottom there, that would have been a very nice short um, signal and you would have gone short there, in other words. Well, you know, that, that's interesting. So let me ask you this. To me, while this did reverse, I yeah. don't think that it would be my opinion, obviously. I'm talking to the, the, the person who made this. Sure. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that that is a false signal because, I mean, just very soon after that, you could see the market falling apart. Are that you is- saying that... Like, if it were a, 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 a right signal, I guess you could say, it would continue on from this point going going down yep. into this area here? Okay. Yep. That is correct. So, in other words, this is a way that you can filter out some of these false signals um, that inevitably in any indicator you're going to have. One other way, Christopher, that you can potentially filter out these false signals is, for example, if you add what I would call my second favorite <laughs> trend indicator is, in fact, Wells Wilder's DMI. So if you pull up potentially a DMI of 14. Let me see. So DMI? Yep. Should um, be there. Or potentially um, directional. Maybe you'll have to. Uh, yeah, directional yeah. movement index. There we go. Uh, so, it okay. shows my uh, limited charting skills there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. so, okay. so there's a no. lot going on on that one. Right. Okay. So, um, you know, the, the whole idea with trying to combine indicators that you often use the same parameter. So in other words, if you use vortex with a 14 period is to combine it with, um, in fact, the relative strength indicator you've got there is a great idea. In fact, okay. Can you, in fact, you can remove the directional movement indicator. You can literally just look at the RSI. Okay. Can you see the RSI did not go through the 50 line there? Right. That means even by looking at a similar indicator, and of course, I also love the RSI because also it's guess, it is invented by guess who? Wells Wilder, mm-hmm. right? So the RSI, the way that works is normally people trade that on overboard, oversold levels. You know that some people take an 80-20 band mm-hmm. and they would sell it when it goes drop below 80 and vice versa. But also the RSI is very solid in using the midline, the 50 line as a change in trend. So even you can see here the RSI where the vortex indicator actually went short there in February, it didn't cross below the 50. I'm talking about the RSI now. You can see that's your confirmation. Don't go short there. That's clearly not a signal. But it did go short exactly at the same place where the vortex indicator went short. Oh, look at that. There oh, you yeah, are. you're totally right. Okay. That's, that's it. So those are two. Those are just two ideas for traders potentially to filter out false signals. One is to leave an order in the market. Instead of going short immediately when the market closed, put it a slight way away to actually get a confirmation of the market going through there. Or instead of doing that, combine it with an RSI or, or an um, DMI of, a, of the same parameter to get a confirmation signal. And there you have it. Wow, that is super interesting. Yeah. So, 
Oh, I was just going to tell the podcast, you realize like you just got like a $10,000 private lesson with Etienne on that, right? <laughs> that That's like a big deal that we just had. Oh man, how cool is that? Okay, let me stop the sharing here. So Etienne, how in the world? So, so, so you said you did your research and you set it off to publication. Did it at that point get picked up and start getting put in charting platforms and become like a mainstream thing? Or how does, how did that even work? How did that get to the point where I could just click a few buttons and see it here? You know, I think to be honest with you, it literally took on a life of its own, um, which is actually quite astonishing because 2010 isn't that long ago, but mm. I didn't put out YouTube videos. I didn't put it on Twitter. I didn't put it out anywhere else except on our own website. I put some information on um, that is really reflected in the article itself. And nothing happened for a while. And I didn't really monitor it. I really, tr we used it in Switzerland as a way to professionally promote ourselves, to say, you know, we've developed a system based on the Vortex indicator and look, it's been published in this magazine. But nowhere did we did I actually go out and try to push it onto platforms. Literally, it started appearing by itself. I think because people started, <laughs> I think people started realizing it is a good indicator by themselves. And I think a lot of it was feedback to trading platforms, which at the time was growing, growing, growing around the world. That people started requesting, we would like to have the Vortex indicator here on as well. So then very quickly, I would find that um, it's everywhere. And um, it's actually quite cool because sometimes I would go to seminars or, or conferences, hedge fund conferences. And this one I went into Zurich, I just mentioned that I was the inventor of this indicator. And they said, well, do you see that hedge fund group over there? <laughs> Literally a bunch of guys standing in the corner. They do all of their equity investments based on the Vortex indicator only. And you walked and out there with your hand outstretched saying, where's my money? I know you're using this to make some money. Where's my cut? <laughs> exactly. So that's the, that's the problem. I, we gave, I gave it away for free purely because that's our way of getting professional credibility. But as I say, the exciting thing is now, Christopher, is that I found some incredible breakthroughs with the indicator, with Alpha Elite, which we are now going to put out into the market. It's not ready yet, so it's going to be a, a couple of months till for people to, on a subscription basis. Now, you may wonder why subscription basis, why not continue on the hedge fund route? Um, Christopher, it's because um, myself and my colleagues, we, we've become quite, um, in a way, jaded about the hedge fund industry because the, the whole cycle of uh, literally uh, getting institutional investors to partake in whatever you are doing is an incredibly long process. Um, it's a long drawn out process. Um, and of course you've got several intermediaries taking fees as, as well. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make it that every person can run its own hedge fund at home. Why not, why not make it so that people can run their own little hedge fund at home? Very simple, very easy to follow. Uh, sort of in a way, we are becoming like hedge fund rebels, <laughs> you know, that we, <laughs> we rather want to give it to normal people, normal investors uh, to manage their own portfolio at home and outperform the famous hedge funds themselves at home. Well, that's, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, I, I would also suggest the audience go check out Etienne's uh, podcast that he did with uh, Jake from TrendSpider. Because he goes into much, much more technical information than than I could ever wish to cover here, and um, you know this has been 
like I say, w- when you reached out and said, I'm the creator of this indicator, I'm like, no way. <laughs> it's a real person. So at the end, I, I am so thrilled that you reached out, that, that we connected and found each other. And uh, I am so grateful that we were able to share this with the podcast audience out there. I know there's going to be several, th- several thousand people download this and learn about the Vortex indicator and how they can use it in their trading. And, you know, I mean, you're making a difference in the world. I know you let it out for free. You know, <laughs> Pandora's out of the box, but, you know, it, it made a difference in the world. So, so I appreciate that. You're most welcome. It's, it's, it's been really satisfying to see how it's been helping people. And it, it uh, as I say, once in every few months, I would just go and have a sneak peek on YouTube and I put in Vortex Indicator. And it's actually quite heartwarming to see videos from all over the world, some of which I don't understand the language in India, in Thailand, cool. Russia of Vortex Indicator. And I thought, wow, this is pretty, this is pretty cool. <laughs> that is really cool. And it's really cool that you were able to, to make your time to, to talk to us on the podcast today. Etienne, thank you so much for your time and, and for sharing all this with us. You're most welcome, Christopher. And thank Thank you guys for tuning in to today's How to Trade Stocks and Options podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. I'll see you on the next episode. Okay, so what'd you think? That was pretty incredible, right? Now, if you like that, that's only a taste, only a sample of what you're going to find in the full AI stock trading system. And I really highly encourage you to go and check this out. Obviously, you are interested in learning and how to trade, and that's why you're listening to this podcast. Now, I'm going to take and download my entire trading system that I use day in and day out onto you. (laughs) And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is over at the AIStockTradingSystem.com. You're going to get phase one, two, and three, several bonuses. And on top of that, I'm going to walk you through over a dozen trades that I put on inside of my account, holding your hand and showing you exactly how I got in, how I got out, how I use the artificial intelligence data, and how this could work inside of your own trading portfolio on a daily basis. So make sure you head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com to learn more and to get started and to download my decade plus worth of trading experience into your hands so you can start using the AI Stock Trading System today, the five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading. Hey, if you like this video, let me know by leaving me a like below and then subscribe and share it with somebody you think could use it as well. Be sure to comment below with your biggest takeaway from this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. And finally, make sure you watch these other videos to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode. 10MinuteStockTrader.com content is for information and educational purposes only. It is not, nor is it intended to be, trading or investment advice or recommendation that any security, futures contract, options contract, transaction, or other financial instrument or strategy is suitable for any person. Trading securities can involve high risk and the potential for total loss of any funds invested. 10MinuteStockTrader.com and Christopher Yule, through its content, financial programming, or otherwise, does not provide investment or financial advice or make investment recommendations. Investment information provided may not be suitable for all investors and is provided without respect to the individual investors and audience's financial sophistication, financial situation, investing time horizon, or risk tolerance. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not in the business of trading securities trades, nor does it direct client commodity accounts or give commodity trading advice tailored to any particular client situation or investment objectives. Tim and StockTrader.com and Christopher Ewell are not licensed financial advisors, registered investment advisors, or registered broker dealers. Stocks, options, futures, futures options, and other financial instruments not included here involve risk and are not suitable for all investors. 
You alone are responsible for making your investment and financial trading decisions and for evaluating the merits and risks associated with the use of any financial security and broker platform. For more information, please visit 10minutestocktrader.com legal. And thanks for stopping by.